Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm a clinical psychologist and family therapist and every single week I answer one of your real life questions to try and offer you some psychological understanding and ideas to guide your next steps. Before we start, I always like to do a little check-in, just a moment of pause so that you can centre yourself in the here and now and really listen to the things that we're talking about here together. And today, it's a really simple, easy one. I just want you to fix your gaze somewhere, anywhere, just for a moment. And as you do that, just notice what your breathing is doing. We so very rarely think about our breathing, it's just automatic. But can you pause for a moment and notice? How deeply or shallowly are you breathing? Are you perhaps running or doing something around the house? What happens if you stop just for a moment? Does it slow down? It can really help for us to just notice how our body is here and now. Just a few mindful seconds can be enough. And now we can begin. Today's question is something that I think will resonate with so many. It's about the labeling of positive and negative emotions to support our children without placing shame. Let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta, I've got a question for your podcast. I've got a um, just turned three-year-old little boy and he is starting to label his emotions just as I label his. Um, But he's also starting to label my emotions or his brother's emotions. Um, He's only 10 months old. And when it comes to the positive experiences of like, oh, I'm happy or my brother's happy or mummy, you're happy, I can say, yes, I am happy. And I find those responses are very easy to come by because they're a very positive happy experience but when it comes to the negative emotions how do I respond to those without creating shame especially if it's because of something that he or his brother has done for example you have just tidied the playroom it's the end of the day you but he goes in and just dumps all of the toys onto the floor and refuses to pick them back up again Now, he will then say to me, oh, mummy, you're cross. And sometimes I'm trying my best to sort of hide my emotion or hide my anger. How do I respond to that without shaming him by saying, well, I'm sad because you've dumped the box on the floor. Any help? Let me know. I really love this question and how thoughtfully it's been articulated here. I think this is something that many parents of our generation think about because it's not really something that we were probably brought up with. This really subtle nuance between talking about our feelings in a way that doesn't shame or place responsibility on our children. And I think one of the things that is really important to kind of consider is that children want to please us. This is a natural instinctive thing. All children want to please adults. And 
they're not trying to intentionally wind us up or manipulate us or do any of those things and that's a topic for a different podcast but what I really want to share here is that inside every single child there is a real wish to get things right so when we're able to develop skills of empathy and kindness and respect what we do is model to them how they can share those feelings back to others and when we use shame as a way of modifying behavior or as a way of you know trying to teach our children that their behavior has an impact on others what it does is backfire and the thing with shame is that it's kind of quiet it's very subtle and it happens in all kind of family homes in really loving nurturing places shame can crop up because it's a normal human emotion. We all are able to experience shame. And I think this is a really important thing to say because often people try and avoid feeling shame. Shame feels so bad that we often will do whatever it takes to get rid of it. Because what shame does is tell us that we are bad, not that we've done something bad, that our behavior was unhelpful or wrong or inappropriate, no. Shame says, you, you are a bad person. And this is an emotion that we can all experience. And one of the things that can be really challenging as a parent is how not to layer this on our children. So the first thing I wanna say is, you're gonna get it wrong sometimes, okay? You are gonna get it wrong. And that's just part of being a human and being a parent. And it's not the end of the world if you do, you always have repair. And I'm gonna come back to that. And it does make sense for us as parents with mature brains to really consider the language and the ways that we communicate with our children to try and not place shame on them in a way that is unintentional perhaps and doesn't give them that responsibility of having to care for our emotions. Because one of the ways that we unintentionally bring shame to children is when we use it as a way of managing behavior and what we do in those moments is try to persuade children that they should feel bad because they've done something wrong and I get this I mean I'm gonna put my hands up and say I'm pretty sure I've done this myself it is a really kind of subtle thing to do and it can be really hard to avoid it unless you're really really self-aware and understand what shame looks and sounds like. And it's often so subtle that we might miss it because it just rolls off the tongue. But I'll give you a couple of examples. So shame might look like saying to a child, you make me so angry. Or you're making me so sad, stop doing that. Or that's not very nice, you're hurting my feelings. Okay, any time that we very casually slip in this idea that you make me feel a certain way, that is a form of shame. And like I said, it's really subtle, it's very quiet, but what we're actually doing in that moment is saying to our children, you are bad and you make me feel bad. And that actually gets in the way of children internalizing really valuable lessons and information about their behavior. Because when children feel shame, what they do is they focus on what you've just said. Am I naughty? 
Am I disappointing my parent? Am I something that causes them sadness or hurt or anger? They are thinking about them as the cause for your emotions rather than thinking about what they've done that may have made you feel a certain way. And when we shame children in this really, really, I mean, it's so subtle and I get it. It's so hard to kind of see sometimes. But what we do in this moment is that it stops them from being able to internalize the values we're trying to teach them. And instead, it makes them want to stay out of trouble. So what we're doing is creating compliance. And this is about children saying and doing the right thing to please you, but they are not connecting how doing the right thing feels in terms of their behavior. So they only do the right thing because they don't want it to upset you. They are not actually developing moral values or an internal sense of what good behavior looks like and feels like just for the sake of doing good behavior. They're doing it for you. And this is the really subtle nuanced bit that I know so many parents really struggle with because we often think, but I want my child to comply. And really the reality is we don't want children to do things to please us. We want them to learn to do the right things because they are the right things to do. And I know this is really subtle. So it can make it really difficult to shift. And that's why I'm hoping that through talking together about this, it might allow you to have a little bit more of awareness and some tools in terms of what you can do next. So the other thing I want to say about shame before I move on to kind of the skills is that it really fails to help children learn empathy. And empathy needs emotional intelligence. So it requires children to look outside of themselves to see what other people might be experiencing. So to have empathy, children need to be able to take a perspective on another's experience and bring their own compassion into that. And as adults, we want to build empathy in our children. So we do need to share with them how we feel and how we can healthily cope and manage our own feelings. So sharing your feelings is important. Children need to see that you feel angry, that you feel sad, that you get scared sometimes. These are all really healthy emotions. I don't really see feelings as like positive and negatives. I see them as things that bring us important, valuable information about our experiences. And it's so important to model this to our children without feeling ashamed of how we're feeling in that moment. However, when we use shame as a strategy, it doesn't help children look outwards. It doesn't help them build compassion for another because what shame does in that moment is make them look to inside themselves. It's make them focus on, I am bad. It's making them focus on that message that shame is bringing them. So when we say, you are making me angry, they're not looking at our anger. They're not learning about our emotional state. They're only hearing, I'm to blame. I am the cause for my parents' anger. I bring other people these big feelings and I don't like to carry this responsibility. So next time I have to do something different because I don't want to make other people angry at me. I hope that's making sense because I know it's subtle and it's actually quite tricky to 
make sense of. And finally, the, you know, the crux of it is that it really, when we use that kind of strategy of placing shame on our children's behavior, we are not encouraging them to own their behavior or become accountable. Saying you make me angry does not make children recognize that their behavior is inappropriate. Often that is exactly the intention that you are saying something like, you make me so angry. Your intention is, look, look what effect it has on me. However, in order for children to understand behavior, they need to be able to accept some responsibility and ownership of their own behavior. And what we do when we're saying something like, that thing you're doing makes me angry, is only placing responsibility on our children of our emotions. We're not talking about their behavior, we're talking about us. So how can they understand that what they've just done is not okay? And how can they learn what to do instead? We've just bypassed lots of steps and instead we've just handed them over the responsibility of caring for adult emotions, which is a really heavy burden for anyone to carry, but particularly small children who are so quick to blame themselves because that's to do with their brain and their development. So The other thing that happens in this moment is that it encourages children to deny that they've done anything wrong. Why? Because when we experience shame, which is one of the most kind of, it's subtle and it's quiet, but my God, is it painful. Shame is one of our most painful human emotions. So when we feel shame, we want to protect our core identity. We want to protect this part of us that's saying, I'm a bad person. So what children do in that moment is deny that they did anything wrong. They are not looking at their behavior. They're not even reflecting or contemplating, thinking that what they did is wrong. Instead, what they're doing is saying, I didn't do anything. That wasn't me. And it can lead children to lie or to hide what they're doing more than learn, what could I do next time that is more appropriate? How can I change what I've just done into something that is more pro-social or um, helpful or useful? They're not doing that anymore because what they're doing is trying to deny this part of them that feels so bad. And of course, that's our natural instinct. We're primed for survival and for protection. So it makes sense that this is what children do. And I just want to pause for a minute to say, If you've ever used shame in this way before, and remember, this is such a subtle form of shame that I would be very surprised if you haven't, because I know that I have done this before completely unintentionally, but it just rolls off the tongue. And also, if you're, you know, a human, you've probably been brought up in this way. You've probably heard these comments made to you in childhood or even in adulthood. So, you know, there is a normalization of placing shame on others when we experience bad feelings. It's just something that we do as humans. And I do believe that it is about self-awareness and greater understanding and being able to reflect on how we communicate with each other and our children so that we can tweak things and be more mindful about the way that we're positioning our emotions, whether we're owning them and staying vulnerable with them or whether we're throwing them out 
to people. So one of the things I want to say is if you have done this, and I'm pretty sure that you will have, I want you to know that this is human. You are not a terrible parent who's damaged your child forever. I don't think I'm a terrible parent who's damaged my child forever. But like I said, I'm pretty sure I have done this. We all do it. It's so easy. It is subtle. It is quiet. And that is why we need to just try and be mindful of these moments and if and when they happen we can repair and remind our child that they are not responsible for our feelings and that might sound really simply like earlier I said that you make me angry and that's not true I felt angry my anger is mine you're never responsible for my feelings Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And when we start to repair, what it does is both lift off the shame of our children. We're literally saying, you're not a bad kid. Give me that. It's not yours to hold. And we're becoming accountable to our own behaviors, our own ways of communicating. We are modeling something really important to our children, which is a subtle shift of language which supports this idea of linking behavior with our accountability, okay? How we act is our responsibility. We don't have to place the load of our actions on other people and our emotions are ours to feel and experience. They are not the burden or responsibility of another. So how do we do this? How do we support our children to understand, like in the example in this question, that their behavior has an emotional impact on us? And how do we do that without placing shame? I've got a very simple two-step process. And of course, I'm saying it's simple, and it is when I say it, but it is not simple to action. So just remember that. Although I'm gonna talk about it very simply to hopefully give you the tools, it is harder to put in practice than I am obviously sharing here. And I know that just from like, you know, personal experience as a mother. So the two-step process is, you wanna focus on the behavior that has triggered you. You do not want to focus on it being your child. It is not them, it is the behavior. So we want to keep this as objective and observation as we possibly can. Step two is we focus on our experience, our emotional internal worlds, and we own them. Yes, we sit with the vulnerability of saying, I feel bad right now. And when we do this, we can support our children in expanding their emotional literacy, in growing 
empathy and in developing accountability for their behaviors without feeling like they're carrying the weight of our emotions on their back. So let's do this. The first step, try not to comment on them. So rather than saying, you're naughty or you make me angry, instead talk about what they've done. Oh, you threw all the toys on the floor. Behaviour. Your child did a behaviour that you observed. Step two, talk about what you experienced. I feel really annoyed. I now have to tidy all of that up again. Yes, it is totally okay for your child to see that you feel angry, that you feel upset, that you feel frustrated, that you feel sad in response to their behaviour. You need to make sure that what you're doing is connoting, punctuating their behavior. It's not them as a whole individual person who has made you feel annoyed or anything else. It is the behavior that you've witnessed. This, this is how we build accountability. This is how we link behavior and action. And we support children to think outside of themselves onto another. And there's no shame here because it's not about their identity, okay? And we all own our triggers and our behaviors and we need to become more aware of this as adults, that actually how we feel is valid and it's appropriate, but it's ours, there are feelings. We cannot blame another for how we feel. And this is such a beautiful way of modeling to children really, really early on that there is a separation between action and behavior and the emotional load that comes with that. These two things are separate. They can coexist together, but we can keep them separate without kind of throwing them onto others. And why does this matter? We really want to preserve our children's sense of self. We want to help them keep an image of themselves as entire human beings who are just good enough and they're going to make mistakes. They're still learning. So we want to show them that they can be emotionally responsible and that they can also be accountable for their behaviors and that it matters how we act with others. But we don't need to use shame for this. And when we treat our children with respect, when we're able to say, and we treat ourselves with respect, when we're able to say, this is how I feel in response to how you behave, we are teaching them some really incredible communication skills. Communication skills that so many adults still struggle with. And so it's going to take practice because you might be one of those adults. And just be aware that you might need to practice this and allow yourself to make mistakes. So rather than hiding our emotions or placing them on our children, we can also say something like, I know you didn't mean to create more work for me. You just want to keep playing, but it's time to stop and tidy up. So what shall we do now? We can and we should share the responsibility of making things better. I'm saying share because of course, if your child is older, and by older, I'm gonna say older than 10, then they need to take responsibility. And what we do when we ask that question is we begin to collaborate with our children. Look at what's just happened. That's what you're saying to your child. Look, look what you've just done. 
this is how it's made me feel. Now, what are we going to do about this? And the older they are, the more they should take responsibility. But if your child is younger, particularly below the age of eight, just know that they may not have both the emotional maturity or the kind of idea of a consequence because they don't. Their brain is not really able to make sense of consequences. So although what what you might be saying is, how are you going to take responsibility? Do know that what might happen is you need to join them in that responsibility so that it's not a punishment. It's a learning process. So perhaps you both get down and you start to tidy up. Come on, let's go. We need to put everything away again. And this is what shows children responsibility. This is what makes them accountable for their behaviors. They're putting their toys away. And once they go through that process, guess what? They're not going to want to throw them back on the floor because it was hard work. So they're getting your experience too. Oh, right. This is what it's like. Okay. So this behavior leads to this consequence. Okay. That makes sense. Think of this as kind of like a boundary because it's something you can control, but think of it as teaching your child accountability for their emotions. You're teaching, you're not shaming. And to end, there's gonna be times where your child experiences shame. It is a human emotion, and there's gonna be times where you overhear your child saying things like, I'm really naughty, or I'm bad, or somebody else has placed shame on them and therefore they're carrying them. What can you do in those moments? Encourage them to talk about what happened. Again, focus on behavior. So help your child walk through back the experience that they had that has brought them those ideas of I'm naughty or I'm bad. So use your curiosity, tell me more. What happened? And think of anything that they tell you as mistakes. Think of these things as things that they can learn from. Ask them what they think. If they get really stuck and shame can make children and adults feel really stuck in a place of, I'm just terrible. So that means they can't really think outside. Help them think, who else makes mistakes sometimes? Who else might have done something like this? What do you think of them? Help them find multiple perspectives about behavior that is not a reflection on them as a person. And I'm gonna say this to all of you right now. No no one is bad, okay? No one is born bad. We all make mistakes. We all do bad things sometimes out of impulse, out of a really strong emotion, but it doesn't make us 100% bad as people. We don't need to believe the lies that shame tells us. We don't need to fall for its tricks to put us in a place of shame that just feels like a really dark pit that you can't get out of. We can help our children see and use perspective as a way of thinking about behavior as perhaps a choice in a moment in time and maybe mistakes as opportunities for learning. And if you find this tricky, I would really invite you to try this on yourself. So next time you do something that brings you shame or brings to your mind an idea such as, I'm so stupid or I'm such a bad parent, stop for a moment, pause, think. What if this was a mistake that I could learn from? What would I say to a best friend who shared this experience to me? How can I offer myself compassion for being a human who gets things wrong? You're not stupid. 
you're not bad, how can I take something positive, a learning point from this experience that makes me feel bad? Practice it on you. I say this all the time, but you know, the things that we don't do on ourselves, we really struggle to do for our kids. So if this is tricky for you, or you're really kind of like, ooh, this kind of conversation around shame is so subtle, I find it difficult, practice on yourself. It happens, you know, if you're a parent, it's going to happen to you at some point in the week, I would say. It's so common that you will just feel bad as a parent, and you're not. I don't believe you. I've never met a bad parent in my entire career, so it's not true. But what is true is that it feels bad. And if you take a more of an outside perspective, you're going to be able to learn something from that. Learn what you need to tweak or change or shift or give yourself that might make things better next time. So remember, final reminders. Parenting is really tough. (laughs) There's going to be times where you're going to respond with words and communications that are less helpful to your child. You're a human and you only have a limited capacity for patience and solid calm. I get it. I'm also a human. I get it wrong sometimes. Give yourself compassion and repair with your child. Because as a parent, the best thing we can do is to preserve as much of our influence with our children as possible. And we can't influence our children positively if what we're doing is making them feel bad. We don't want to make our kids feel bad. We want to help them learn something useful, which may be accountability for their behavior. And we can do that. We can do that by, rather than throwing our emotions on our children and saying things like, that's not nice, you make me sad. Name the behavior you see. Hmm, you pulled all the clothes off the drying rack and they're all over the grass. Name how witnessing this behavior has made you feel. Own it, get vulnerable. Oh God, it makes me feel really sad. They're all dirty again. And then invite them to take responsibility. So how are we gonna fix this now? That's it. That's it. Name the behavior. Own your emotions. Offer. It's an offering to your child, an invitation. What do we do about this? Just remember, if they're really small, don't be surprised if they run off and play and just ignore you because they don't get that there might be a consequence. You know, it's your job as a parent to say, okay, come on, let's do this together. Join them. Don't do this as a punishment. It is not a punishment. It is the process of learning accountability. And you know what? When kids feel good about what they're doing, it helps them learn to do it again. Shame is a terrible teacher, but you, parent, amazing parent that you are listening to this podcast, you are a good parent and you can do this. And we're coming to an end. I like to finish by offering you a mantra that can hopefully hold you for the rest of the day. Given our conversation today, why not think, I am trying my best and I'm learning as I go. In reality, that is what most of us are doing every single day. This is true for us as much as our children. I really hope you'll choose to join me next week for another Real Parenting Question. And if you'd like to join my community, 
I'm on Instagram as Dr. Marta Psychologist. You can also stay connected by signing up to my newsletter at drmartapsychologist.com. I wish you a peaceful week and I so look forward to speaking to you next time. Until then, see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.